Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. listeners uh this is gonna be a special podcast i want to note the day it is sunday february 19th and happy sunday to everyone i am recording this special podcast because i have an announcement i came to this during the week And I feel like I have been pushed to this moment for a very long time now. Simply put, after today, this podcast is going to be pretty much a heavy concentration on my own journey from here on out. I will of course be fulfilling my promises to those that I have pre-recorded shows with. I owe it to them and I owe it to the time that they have given this podcast to release their content and their experiences. That is so vital and because of them and every diary entry that we've had here I, I really couldn't have gotten to this point. So the reason why I am making a special podcast and I'm doing all this this all is uh, for I mean it's for a lot of reasons and I'm hoping that I can I can talk about this well. But I mean if you followed me for this long, in, in podcast land and this podcast, you've seen a lot of evolutions. And I think by now you've gathered that this is a diary and a moving art piece. This is both supposed to be content to uh, tell other people's stories Uh, as well as my story and hopefully through the sharing of professional experience, learning journeys, etc. We all get to rise together. And so this is a this is a blatant book open diary entry and diary experience. Now I guess I guess the The reason why I've reached this point is for a lot of reasons, and I want to communicate this with all of you because this has been a journey. And of course, as you document any journey, it's going to evolve and the people who follow you or who listen to you are going to evolve with you. And I have been making some some pretty crazy... uh, steps in my own life lately but they started long before this podcast even even was a thing 
long ago, and I know I've shared this before, but I'm hoping that I don't have to reiterate and repeat myself too much. But long ago, I had this notion, and this was back in the time when I was really getting a lot of therapy and really analyzing myself and trying very much so to stop cyclical insanity taking place in my life and and things that I just did out of, I I guess, like a a toxic addiction to a rhythm and a way, and it, it just really wasn't good for me. I have a list of different mental illnesses that I grapple with. Uh, I think, but the, the most predominant and persistent one has been codependency. It's, it's really stifled me. And, and it's weird because I've, I've known about it and was diagnosed with it. Like when I first, first came to therapy, which was, I don't know, like circa 2005. (laughs) No, it might've been, I think it was before that. I think it was, it might've been 2003, 2002, something like that. But in any event, I knew it right away. But as you can tell, knowing is just half the battle. And I've been battling this in my life Uh, ever since, ever since I understood what it was and learning about it. And, you know, the first thing that you learn is that what, what you have a tendency to do as a codependent is seek out people that really make you feel good about yourself because you, from your perspective, can isolate things that they need work on. And you can put yourself in a position to better them. And what this does is create this massive ego that really, really uh, doesn't serve anything. And it, it like, like I'm admitting it really, the knowing about this hasn't kept me from doing it repetitively throughout my life. But what happens is, is that you end up stifling your own growth and enabling somebody else's uh, problematic or toxic behavior. Because what happens is, is that you just, you just nurture all the deficits instead of really, really going into uncomfortable places to vanquish your own demons and really concentrate on your own journey. So when I was on this path, the thing that occurred to me was that I needed to, after any relationship or any kind of heartbreak, that I needed to conquer a fear. So I have followed my fears to this point, walking very cautiously into them ever since. As you guys have witnessed, but if you're new to the podcast and listening to this episode as your first, you'll know that what I started with when I came to this revelation was uh, Toastmasters. Now, this was not something that was new to me in theory or conceptually. My mother had 
had recommended Toastmasters long before I actually went. Much like many things that take place in my life, there's usually someone that has tipped me off. I've had so many awesome, magnificent mentors and and coaches in my experience. I'm truly grateful. But yeah, much like many coaches and and people uh, that I seek out for wisdom and advice, very rarely do I activate their advice as soon as I ask for it. Um, that I heard this from a client of mine recently, <laughs> and I love it. You call people like me uh, ask holes. A-S-K holes. Ask holes. Because, because we ask all these questions only to just witness and watch us spin our wheels for about two years before we finally get the light bulb moment and start doing the thing that you recommended years before. It's, it's really, and I, I, I admit it, I'm an ask hole, but I do implement it eventually. And I want people to know that if they haven't been able to suffer through to when I finally do activate my life and get in a rhythm with what I need to do, that I'm very grateful for you for planting that seed of knowledge in me and allowing me the opportunity to better myself. That was really an act of love and kindness. But anyway, I, I started Toastmasters and so I started confronting my fear of public speaking. But with any fear, I think what you end up understanding is that you have to you have to learn about the things that you're afraid of in in very progressional ways that don't traumatize you but but rather kind of debunk the fear because I think naturally as human beings or honestly as maybe just human beings but what we don't know about we're automatically scared of. And typically with me, if I have no point of association whatsoever, I, I, I'm leery, especially if from the outside looking in, it just looks daunting. With public speaking, that's not the case because prior to Toastmasters, I had many incidences where I, I attempted to get in front of people and present and basically the only thing that would happen was um, my heart rate would go up my voice would just quiver uh, like it it was complete fight or flight mode that I, I experienced I was just terrified and up until Toastmasters I, I could definitely have joined the crowd of people that would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy like, like that was, that was literally me. And, um, so I joined Toastmasters and again, uh, as an aside, like advertisement and plug, Toastmasters has been around forever. They're an international organization dedicated to leadership and communications. It works. It is very well formulated. There is no need to reinvent the wheel. They have completely invented it and it works and it rolls just fine if you work it. And I did. I think I did it for about three years. So anyway, I went from there to uh, 
jujitsu and jujitsu was a fear of like physical confrontation. I wanted to know kind of where I was at there, but it was mostly because I was, I've always really wanted to confront my physical being and better it. Uh, and I think I shared this on the podcast, but I'm just going to reiterate it again, just for anybody who's new. I was born with an underdeveloped hip and, uh, the first nine months of my life, well, before that even, uh, had it not been for medical technology and advancements in, in all that we have in science and medical care, I would have killed my mother and myself before I would have even seen the light of day. So when I tell everybody that, you know, truly, truly, I am just happy to be here, I do mean that. Like, so if one of the things that you've noted about me is my laughter and my general happiness, it comes completely from my soul because I... I am so grateful and since I was born I've I've had something going on that others didn't that that was unusual about me. Now I mean, you know, we all have our past, we all have our struggles, but this is this is what mine was. And so physically I I've just never really experienced what other people experience with their physical bodies. It's always been Something that I have approached with trepidation because my adequacy in that area has really not been up to par with anyone else. And I can honestly say that jujitsu didn't give me any kind of, any kind of, I don't know, uh, peace about my abilities. But what it did do was unlock some things uh, that I, I now know my body is capable of that I never realized it could and that I had already like deemed just not something I was going to conquer ever. One of them being being able to do a pull-up for the first time in my life. Now, granted, I've lost that ability since, but it's a really cool thing to understand what muscles actually are required to do a pull-up. I, you know, when you look at it, you always think it's just the arms. It's not just the arms. It's like mostly your core, your abs. And during COVID or not during COVID, that's later. Um, during jujitsu, I, I learned so much about how to fall, how to be humbled in ways that I had never been humbled. Uh, learning about my body in a very neat way, um, where the deficits were, what things I could do to uplift myself. My core got wicked strong. It was really cool. And I, and as anyone that uh, does tattoo for a living or sits perpetually, I recommend jujitsu highly because it it strengthens your core quite a bit. Now you can get compression of the spine if you're not careful to, you know, elongate yourself, stretch, you know, do reverse movements so that you keep your spine flexible and things like that. You can have a lot of compression. 
But as long as you do decompression exercises, it, it and, and that's the thing is that when you practice a martial arts like that, just like any arts, just like any practice, you're constantly submitting yourself to what's next. You're constantly, you know, thinking, well, I did this, now I need to do that. And as the Gracies would say in jiu-jitsu, that's basically jiu-jitsu. I do this and you do this. I do this and you do that. And I do this and you do that. And it just keeps going on until somebody taps out. And, uh, you know, within jujitsu, what tapped out for me was my knee. And then after my knee, COVID. COVID made everybody have to tap out. And then we're, we were all put in a remarkable space that hit a global uh, atmosphere and uh, cognition. It brought about some some good things though and um, and I was grateful for that time in a lot of ways because again, like I said, I've, I've been pushed and it was yet another, understanding that I gained through that experience. I guess before I go too far though, when I remember this conversation and this I want to note before I move too far forward, this was either in the early days of the podcast or or before it had actually started, which is, I mean, it's almost been four years now, so it's it's been happening for years, but I was on the phone, uh, with a friend. That's the only documentation that it, that's there of it. Nobody, nobody knows this conversation took place except for him and I, and we're not even close anymore. Uh, we had to go our separate ways, uh, during and beyond COVID. Uh, it's probably best for both of us, but at the time, we were very much so close and I believe us still to be very much so soulmated in the fact that we, we were meant to meet, we were meant to be in each other's lives for the time that we were. And at this particular point, we just, you know, we always had these, uh, synchronicities of our life, you know, like we were always going through the same kind of spiritual movings and challenges it was very interesting but but we were pretty pretty honed into similar experiences and I remember this conversation because he was kind of rooting me on and he could tell in my voice that I had you know some some pause about what I was going through. I was communicating that I, I felt the next phase in my life, something that was pulling me towards it. And I wasn't really exactly sure what, but that I needed to, I needed to follow through with this. And, you know, of course he's very positive, but he was like, you know, what, what's your pause? And I said, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm terrified because I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like this might kill me. I feel like this next phase might be the thing that I die doing. 
that that might take me out and it's both very exciting but unbelievably scary and and he equivocated it to a fear of success which you know if you put it put it simply yes but I think that's what happens when you do really care about something that you you want to see come to fruition in your life is that you know you you want to do it well and you care about it so much that the thought of failing at it at all is just it, it's paralyzing it makes you not want to even get started because if you get started then you hook people to this to this thing whatever it is that you're trying to do then you have to be accountable then you have to be seen in a way uh that is you know very vulnerable and yeah i forget how our conversation ended but he was very supportive and he said well you know you have to do it and i said yeah i know and i have wanted a podcast ever since i was introduced to the medium I started out first with a podcast called Why I'm Single with my friend Amy D. That was a fun podcast and I miss it a lot at times. Uh, I don't know if there's any episodes that could be accessed to this day. I'm pretty sure that they probably are still up. I'm not sure. But they were great. And if anybody wants to follow me before my time with Rico and what my dating life was before Rico, and you wanna make yourself feel really good <laughs> about, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I, my, my whole process of having relationship is, is a train wreck. I, I don't claim any expertise whatsoever. But that was the point. I was the, the lamb to the slaughter, and Amy D was my clutch friend who basically like warned me when I got into uh, murky of water. <laughs> I was like, get out now, get it out now. And we would just talk about it. We'd have people on the show that would share about relationships that they were in or they were struggling with because don't you know, that whole thing just keeps reinventing itself every other second. And no matter how much technology that we introduce into it, we just can't seem to get it straight and have, I don't know. It's, it's always a struggle that, so I felt it was a, a good like starter podcast to kind of shake the, you know, get limber with, have something light, something I knew I could talk about with ease and be very vulnerable with and something that I knew I was brazen enough to share. And Amy D always wanted to have a podcast. If she ever listens to my podcast, I want her to know that I'm sorry that I left that one. I um, I felt like she was the main driver of it and that I was kind of a side note. I felt like if there was to be a split in power that she was 60 and I was 40. And if anybody were to default to anyone in the podcast, it was me defaulting to her. And so when I left, uh, my hope was, is that I could keep coming back and that we had started something that she would continue. But I don't think that she had any real, uh, joy about it without me, which is, is both, um, 
you know, uh, flattering because that means that she really valued that friendship, but also uh, a little sad because I, I didn't realize that in my leaving that, that the podcast would end because it was such a cool thing. And she was, she was really making it something awesome. And she was, she was like the starting light for that entire theme. And she's, she is so unbelievably funny and it's got such a great voice. Um, wherever you are out there, Amy, I'm sure you're still where you were when I, I, we stopped the podcast, but I want you to know I love you and I'm a fan of yours no matter what. But I went from that to having a guest spot at, at the time was a very regular space for me at uh, Powerline Tattoo in Rhode Island. And I was on a guest spot and I was talking about my apprentice and I was communicating some grief about not her per se, but the, um, the challenge of teaching another person and what kind of, you know, just difficulties I was having at that time. And I do believe my friend Evan Olin was trying to see about this guy that was saying that he wanted to apprentice for him, but the dude wasn't really showing his best, uh, you know, at the, at the jump. He was a really amazing artist, but he kind of didn't have the, the kind of stuff that Evan wanted to see. So we were in that space of communicating about it and just the idea for the apprenticeship diaries popped into my mind because you know, when you start getting into tattooing, what you realize very quickly is that it's endless. And I know I've already communicated that on the show, but, but truly it is endless. I mean, it's kind of an artistic wet dream because it, it is endless and there is constant, you know, submissions to the practice where light bulbs just go off constantly and endless ways to scale how you can, how you can do it what you can do, what you can explore, how you can explore it, what machines to use, what inks to use. I mean, just the list of things that you can invest your time in discovering about tattooing is just endless. But because of that, it doesn't really welcome a lot of opportunity for anyone, I do feel, no matter how long you've been in it, to really stand on any point of authority. And that was kind of my big problem with having a podcast centered around tattooing anyway, was because I didn't have any authority. I mean, I, I was just going through my first time as a mentor. I, I was just newly apprenticing somebody. I was bitching with my friends about what struggles I was having and what could I actually have to speak about. But something hit me the way it hit me in Toastmasters. Because in Toastmasters, they go through 10 different speeches that you have to give. And the last speech is an inspirational speech that you have to give. And that one was the one that really gummed me up. The last one was the worst for me to conceive of. Because again, it suggested that I have something of authority to give my audience. And 
it just didn't feel like a place that I really felt comfortable in. Um, the, the person that kind of broke me out of that was my boss at the time, John. He was my first interview on this show. He said, Amy, come on now. Just, just write down what you've done in the past five years. I guarantee you if you just write down what you've done for the past five years and look at it, you'll, you'll find an inspirational speech. And so I, I did what he said because he seemed to think that I was being ridiculous and he was baffled as to why I was having such issue coming up with this inspirational speech. Apparently he could see more in me than I could see in myself. So I did what he said. I followed his advice. I wrote down everything. I made like a timeline of everything that I could remember that I did within five years. And it, it, it really astonished me. I was kind of blown over by my own self. And I was able to give a speech where, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it, I kind of rushed my time because... That's part of Toastmasters, too, is figuring out your time, which clearly I've never been able to figure out. I let, I just come on here and talk, and I talk until I feel like there's nothing more to say. And I let my, my interviewees, my diary entry peeps do the same, because I feel like, it, you know, it's best when you just let the conversation and the person run run its course and then if it hits that like natural progression where there's no more to say well then that's right that's correct that's natural that seems uh authentic to me whereas you know if you force it or you over structureize you know structure it 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 feels that way and that was part of toastmasters though is that they were grooming professional people leaders speakers and if you go into a professional speaking space you have time slots you know you like you have five minutes you have two minutes you have an hour you have a half hour so you've got to kind of know how to structure a speech within that time frame and really practice it well I, I rushed that speech but what I noticed despite my rushing was that my audience touched base with me afterwards and and like kind of rushed me afterwards and this had never really happened in Toastmasters they were inspired and what was more like I had a guy come up to me a, a member and say wow I I really am amazed by all that you've done I'd really like my daughter to meet you and that was like such a wonderful feeling for somebody to think that that they wanted to expose their child their creation to my experience and thought that I was worthy of that kind of connection so what I, what I thought when I, when I crafted the apprenticeship diaries is, is that this would be a, this would be a way for me to speak about something that I, I guess I do have authority about, which is being very afraid, <laughs> very uncomfortable and very tech illiterate <laughs> and, and, and undeniably, uh, very uncool and just kind of hanging out for all of you and just just seeing who picked it up, who liked it and you know, not caring about the rest because it it 
it literally, like I said, it, it felt like I had to do it. Like it was such a, it, it was such a necessary and obvious next step in confronting this fear that I have of truly failure and, you know, getting up in front of people and being seen fully as me. Because truth be told, I don't, I can't say that I fully know me, you know, like I, I, I know what has been, but that doesn't mean that I know what will be. And so now I've decided that it's very important for me to sit in this space of discomfort for a while. I don't know how long, but you know, it has been told to me that, you know, that, that you should assume some authority over the work that you do. And I, I was, I was even uncomfortable with that because I knew that one of my problems is, is that I, I tend to ramble. I tend to, you know, over, overshare, talk over, uh, dominate the conversation. Um, and, and in general have a lot of uh, I don't know, like, like a lot of problems sharing and opening myself up to other people's suggestions. It's a very big problem of mine. I've, I've been very stubborn. As the Bible would put it, my heart has been very hardened. And, uh, this image just came in my mind, so I wanted to share it because it's a good one, but, um, you know, anything that's hard has so much more potential of breaking. Whereas something that's soft and squishy and flexible has the ability to have a lot of pressure on it without breaking. Now it might get smushed, but it won't break. It, I mean, I guess it could pop, but that would probably take such a great force. So, uh, my heart has been very hardened for a long time. And um, I think that comes from a lot of things. I think it comes from just like an acute self-defensiveness. And, you know, I, I like everybody, I just want to be a person that um, does great things with my life and makes an impact, makes a mark, uh, however I can and is generally, once all is said and done, seen as a good thing uh, to have happened in the world. So, you know, if, if, if I'm having too many people tell me what to do, and I feel like it's, it's, it's not something that really is cued into what I'm doing, it's more so just a product of their own story, or their own fears, or their own ways, I get very defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, delegating tasks has not been easy for me. Sharing has not been easy. I mean, honestly, if Amy D does listen to this, it's, it's one of the reasons why I left that podcast as well is because I hit a space with her in one of our recordings where something happened that I didn't really feel like I had control over and I had to kind of, in my mind anyway, felt like I had to bow to that and 
you know, that rubbed me the wrong way. And so instead of confessing to my friend and my co-host and my podcast, you know, buddy, how I felt, I decided to walk away. And, you know, this is a big problem I have perpetually with my life. Sorry, guys, if you're getting a lot of um, background noise, uh, my printer is making some weird noises right now. And I don't know what's going on. Interesting. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. Um, pardon the background noise. I um, I almost want to like unplug this thing. <laughs> Is that it? No, that wasn't it. Crap's sake. There it goes. Sorry. <laughs> brief, brief uh, hiccup there. So, but I always do this where I, um, you know, instead of figuring it out, instead of standing my ground and being uncomfortable to be comfortable later, I just walk away. And, you know, that has led to a lot of broken hearts. A lot. And... I think that it has manifested a lot of unnecessary pain in my life. And if that's something that I can share with everybody is, you know, don't try to do it all by yourself. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I took people's advice to some extent, but there are times that I know that had I, had I just listened to certain people, I, I probably would have recognized something sooner. I know we all have to come to our own realizations about things, but if at all you can soften your heart, truly listen, and even if it sounds like a very harsh critique or, or rubs you the wrong way, try to sit in that space long enough to kind of hear what's being said to you and touch back with that person and maybe, you know, talk about it a little bit more so that you can, you know, find a way forward instead of walking away. But that's typically what I tend to do. And honestly, everyone, it, it doesn't matter how long I have invested. You know, I've, I've had relationships, you know, boyfriends of mine in the longest was eight years. I ended an eight year relationship because I just felt like it was never going to get better. And I felt like the the dynamic was too off base from what it needed to be for it to be repaired and for anything to happen. Now, whether I was right or I was wrong, simple fact of the matter is that I was the one that ended it and cut the cord. And it really didn't matter how much time. Um, so moving ahead to preserve time I, uh, well, I've, I've just, I've been doing the same thing, I guess. I mean, after that relationship, I started Toastmasters, the eight year one. So I guess that was the catalyst for, for saving time because I didn't want to waste another eight years of my life on the same type of relationship. So then I started walking into my fears and I guess that's what's led me to here. 
and you know it's it's been quite a while since then so I've I, I have learned and and come leaps and bounds from that but this isn't this is a new step into a fear that I don't know where it's gonna go but it's pretty cool and I feel like I need to document this with everybody because um, I, I feel like something's gonna be unlocked both within me this podcast the listeners and I feel like this might be a really cool spark to put it out in the world and by no means is it original well maybe it's the most original I don't know but essentially I don't feel like I'm walking alone anymore because recently um, before this year began I started going to church now I've had podcasts that outlined why I started going to church so that I will allow for people to revisit. There's many reasons, and I, I think that I've spoken about them pretty well as to why I started going to church. But I haven't spoken much about this this as yet. Um, and I feel like I need to because it's unlocked some really beautiful things within me and and given me, I think, that extra bit of courage that I needed, because now I don't feel like I'm walking alone. I feel like I'm walking with God. And I know that sounds haughty, but, you know, again, like I said before, I, I need to step into a space of authority on some level. And this authority that I'm, I'm speaking of will only be my experience as I submit myself to being a student a student of God and a student of the word, I was wanting during all of COVID when I knew I should be sharpening skills and I should be gaining more skills. I wanted something to learn. Like I really wanted to be a student again, but I didn't know what. I didn't know what. And, you know, I, I just, I sat and it was so uncomfortable, guys. It was so freaking uncomfortable because, uh, a thing that makes me, I think, really uncomfortable is just not having an answer to that question. What what next? What to do? So I did do a lot of things. Um, I never stopped doing things. But whether or not they were the right thing or the wrong thing, who knows? They were just, you know, I was just following what I knew until I hit something that felt right. Like I was, I was just waiting until something occurred to me. And what occurred to me during COVID and during all this time was that there was a lot of people in my life that really, really loved me and that really, really had my back because I think if anything, we, we kind of understood that during COVID is who, who was in your corner. And, um, you know, the, the most amazing thing was this, this new experience that I had had with my, my parents from a place of kind of going off and out from them, becoming a professional in my own respect, and then kind of being forced to return to them in some ways, and then just finding open arms, this beautiful embracing. And I can tell you that I, in a lot of ways, I didn't deserve it. I mean, if we're going biblically back, I definitely have... Um, 
wage war with the image of my family and my parents, you know, enough that maybe I might have even back in the day gotten stoned to death. Because um, you're not supposed to wage war or speak against your parents. And, you know, I, 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 for, I mean, I've been forgiven by them, so I guess, I guess that's all right moving forward. But, you know, I did do a lot of things that, you know, I think projected a false image of them or at the very least was just my experience. And, and, uh, you know, it really wasn't the truth. The truth is, is that they've always loved me very, very, very much. And despite it being really hard, did what they felt was right. And I know that's not easy, but the, the, the ramifications of that, they're just evident now. Like the, the love that I have, the dedication I have to them and wanting very much so to know them now. And so that was the first thing, like, just kind of touching base with my creation. You know, these two people that brought me physically into the world, I just felt like I owed it to them to get to know them. It, it became a thing where I stopped caring about what they saw in me. It, it really was irrelevant. Because who am I to influence them? They made me. You know, like, I'm not supposed to influence them. I do think I'm their karma in some ways. I do think I do influence them. But I'm I'm meant to be led by them and shepherded by them. And it's not really important for me to be seen by them. It's meant for me to listen and to take away... And to soak up as much as I can get out of them while I still have the time to get it. And so that's, you know, for the, that's the biggest reason that, that kind of brought me into the church. It's a long, windy road, but this specific church. And then from that point, every single week, I swear to you guys, there has been something that has occurred during the course of a week since I started attending church every Sunday that has posed uh, a challenge to my life and that is answered and kind of resolved once I go to church. It's either resolved before church or it validates something about how I acted in response to the challenge that church then solidified or just like, just like all of it's there. All of it's there in the freaking Bible. It's so crazy when you start like, really submitting yourself to it. And so now, um, at this particular point in my journey, I'm becoming a member of the church, which, you know, has its own things. You, you really have to be an arbiter of the church. You have to stand behind the statutes of, of the church. My church, by the way, if anybody's interested and wants to reach out to me to to see about, you know, maybe attending or checking us out, it's Cornerstone Evangelical Free Church. And it, it's really cool. I love going there. And I have loved every single experience so much so that I spend, not, I mean, honestly, I spend like from 7.30 a.m. till sometimes 4 p.m. in the afternoon, you know, dedicated to this 
to this place and to this practice on Sundays. You know, I get up at 7.30. It takes me an hour to get there. We have Bible study at 9.30. We have worship and service at um, at 10.40. And then we have fellowship that follows that. Fellowship leads all the way up until 1.30. 1.30 is when I have my membership classes now. And it's this active uh, study of the Word. And... I really think that it is curing all of the things that I had going on with me that were really, really, really impinging and, and infringing on my, on my progress. And during this week, it occurred to me that I should, I should go on the podcast solo from now on, at least for a little while, and stand as a point of authority and... And at the very least, tell you guys about my week and tell you guys about what I learned in church and, you know, spread a little bit of the, the message of what I, what I've experienced. And, you know, if, if anything, I mean, this is a moving diary. This is an open book diary for people to, to listen to and take away what you want. So if, if it gets in a, in a place where you don't enjoy it anymore, my hope is, is that you'll just walk away and go find something that that feeds your soul better and my hope is that the more my soul is fed and the more my my you know light bulbs go off it'll just it'll be like wildfire man and it'll just catch on to all of you so i i really i really really hope that um and something that i um read today or that we we uh actually were you know like observant of today in um the bible and i I just want to read this for you guys because i think it's it's really powerful um it's revelations 22 8 through 9 and i john saw these things and heard them and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And just to kind of distill that, at least that I heard it. And this is why I say I, I don't feel like now I'm, I'm standing up here alone. I feel like I'm standing and walking with God because everything that I, I am and have done has been given to me from a force outside of me. Like I started at the beginning of this, had it not been for medical science, I, I would not be here. And what brought about medical science and what, you know, what, what kind of human spark has brought us to this point? I mean, glory be to God. All my gifts come from that. I know that truly now. And you know, I've even told people, and if, if you're 
a, a client of mine, you might have even heard me say this spoken out loud, but I have told many people that I've been exposed to that when I, when I create art, I call it my God sense because it's, it's like that, that part in Last Samurai when the guy is, is teaching him how to fight with a sword and he's like, you know, no mind, too many mind, no mind. And, and that's where I go. It's, it's purely this space that I let something flow through me and I don't even know what. And sometimes I tap into stuff that I, my clients look at it and they're like, how did you know? Like, how did you know to do that? And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. It just, I was led there. You know, I was led there by something. It just made sense to me. I can't tell you what it was. But, you know, for the longest time, I I assumed that pride. I assumed that favor. And that's not, that's not me. I didn't do that. Something used me to produce that. And it was given to me so that I could give it to the world. And so that's kind of what I want to do now is I want to learn and I want to digest and I, I, I want to speak from this place now that I have given this up to something higher and understood that it all comes from something higher. And, and I can tell you guys this much, the codependency has been amazing since this. Because now, now when I see somebody suffering, and I can recognize it, I don't feel the need to fix it. There's nothing to fix. I, I can truly walk away and say something simple like, I'll pray for you. And that's not lacking in action. That's doing something. Praying for somebody is very, very powerful. It's deep. It's, it's sometimes the only thing you can do. In fact, many times it's the only thing you can do. Like I said at the top, codependency is something where you're, you're basically just building up your own ego. For, for, and it's false. It's false ego because... You don't, you don't even know your own potentials. You're stifling your own potential while you're enabling another person to basically stay the same. It's just awful. It's, it's, it's just complete stagnation. Um, and I, I just have always kept hitting that wall. I've always hit that wall in my heart. I mean, I even tattooed a broken heart on me when COVID hit in 2020. I, I, Got a Dan Cuban machine, which is awesome, by the way. All of his machines are Dan Cuban. Check him out. His machines are rad. Um, he's pretty dope too. Like, if you need to contact him individually, he'll 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 chat you up about his machines. It's a very great machine creator. But I I wanted to use his machines and to to come full circle. The friend that I had had my initial conversation with that intimate phone call with where I said, you know, I feel like, I feel like this might kill me. Like this is so overwhelming an urge and something that I need to actually invest in that it might kill me. 
that friend, that was the day that our relationship dissolved into what it is now, where we had to walk away from each other. And that was it. That was the final straw that caused me to want to reflect on my broken heart. And what I also heard today, or at least processed today, I'm not sure if I heard it, so I'm not going to say that, but it was a thought, is that all of our hearts are broken. All of them are. We, we are very flawed out the gate, and we're destined to be flawed as we move through this world. And, um, you know, the, really the only thing that can heal us is when we agree, I think, to submit ourselves to something higher, something that can, that can help us, that can get us through, that can help heal. And only go to that for the healing. Only go to that for the healing. I mean, even my knee, I asked for prayers last week. And I, I asked initially for them to be given for my knee, which was kind of it felt awful at the time because everybody had such great prayers and they were really like, you know, like I'm not suffering as much as you're suffering kind of thing. And probably I shouldn't talk about my stupid knee because your problems seem way worse than mine. Uh, but I did. I'm, I mentioned my knee because I was I was truly low and I've been grappling with the fact that I've, I've lost my ability to do a pull up. My body has gone into a state of stagnation. The pain in my knee has has become so much more than what is what is bearable to me. And uh, I've invested again. You know, you've heard it on the podcast now a little bit. But my friend John Simmons, he's an acupuncturist. I've returned to him. I'm probably going to go to my other acupuncturist too. His name is Luke. Um, and if anybody's interested in either of those gentlemen, I can give you their information. But um, I've just been investing back into healing myself again. And at at my last this Sunday, obviously, because this is the Sunday, but um, I had asked for prayers, and uh, they were about my knee, and as I was asking, I, um, I, you know, I could tell that, that I was, again, walking into this fear and this known thing that I knew that I was just really wanting some kind of miracle pill for to be honest with you guys because I do believe that we can heal ourselves I do believe that we can do that and um you know but anyway uh, when I was at church last last weekend one of our congregants she said you know I have this name of for you uh, a really good chiropractor now I haven't visited this chiropractor yet but when I do um, I'll report and I'll let you guys know how it's going and because I'm bringing up my knee and uh, I'm, I'm going solo on this I'm I'm gonna share with you guys uh, this journey because I, I really want to keep healing myself and I think something amazing can be unlocked within all of this if I stop trying to make something happen that I really want to have happen but that is 
not in alignment with what I should prioritize right now, which is, quite frankly, I, I'm weak, I'm in pain, and I'm, I'm suffering from a broken heart, and I'm, I'm at this low point where I, I just, I feel like I need to sit in this space of discomfort, really, really cut a lot of fat out, and not that any of the people that I've interviewed has been extraneous. And like I said, I I'd plan on honoring all of the pre-recordings that I've done and really focusing on that, releasing them. But while I'm doing that, dispersing regular touch bases, touch-ins with me and kind of sharing where I'm at, because I really want to be a testimony of this. You know, I think this could be really cool. And uh, I get to highlight so many cool professionals that have already helped me along this journey, including my church. And again, God, like I, I can, I can testify to my experience with God. And I think that this is really important. So within this chiropractor, the congregant told me, you know, you can heal yourself. It just, it takes, you know, investing. <laughs> so what I realized within this prayer I was like, well, I believe you. I believe I I do believe that. I just I hope you guys can understand. I, I I was born with an underdeveloped hip. I've I've suffered pains that other kids my age have never suffered. I've I've never really felt or understood what it feels like to have a full deck when it comes to physicality. I have had a lot of issues and I'm tired. Like, I'm really tired. And I just feel like a big, fat mess. And literally fat, because I gained back the 20 pounds I had lost investing in jiu-jitsu. And so that felt defeating and everything. So I, I, I have my weight to get back. I have my, my rhythm and exercising to get back. And I have this knee that I have to tackle. And I do want to go to every realm possible before I consider a knee replacement. So probably going to connect with this chiropractor. Going to keep seeing my friend John, who's been remarkable. Um, and I'm probably going to uh, reconnect with Brenda in Annapolis, who was the physical therapist that I was seeing before COVID, because I really enjoyed her and... I, I think that if I really buckle down and go see her regularly, I'm, I'm going to have results with this knee and I need to do it. So, and I, the, the biggest thing that I want to share, you know, prayers answered after that Sunday, after I'd asked the people that I was worshiping with to please, please pray for my willpower to do the things that I need to do. Please, please. I had the opportunity to tattoo my friend John, my acupuncturist. And then in that same week, we set up a time. We work a trade for services. Um, we were able to set up a time where he was able to work on me. And I was seen by, by him on Wednesday. And when I went to be seen by him on Wednesday... I confessed to him. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, well, actually I confessed on Monday, if I'm being clear. Monday is when I confessed. And I said, you know, I, 
I prayed this Sunday um, for healing of my knee. I, I need help. I'm very low and I'm in a lot of pain. And this has been persistent and I'm getting to a point where I need to do something. I really need to do something. And so John, he was like, he has this um, uh, infrared, I believe is what it is. It's a light. He has a light that basically spawns, I don't want to say it's infrared because I'm not sure, but it's a light that, that spawns cellular regeneration and really helps activate um, your body's natural healing process. So he, uh, he said to me on Monday, he's like, when I see you Wednesday or when I see you next, we'll really concentrate on your knee. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you up and going. And he's already been so helpful. He has an elixir that he gave me that promotes, you know, hormonal rebalancing. It's great for your hair, your nails, your skin, everything. All these things, guys, I have seen remarkable differences in. Um, It's just like just wonderful. So he went in on my knee on Wednesday and I... I will say this, um, (laughs) at least as it's going these days for me, when I get acupuncture for him, it kind of caches my whole day. Like I always have a list of things that I want to get to on a day that I see John, but invariably probably the most thing that I'm going to be able to do is feed myself, maybe do some laundry and then sleep because I think what happens is he activates my body so much in ways that it's just not used to to going in and brings attention to these blockages that I have in my body that when he pokes at them and he brings, you know, attention to these areas, it just, it just uses up everything that I have in me to fix it. And I want to give you guys a visual, I mean, it may or may not be great, but I've been, I was sitting on his table Wednesday and this was something that was occurring to me as I was sitting under this light and as I had all these needles in me and this, I, I usually like kind of check out, like he, he brings me to like almost sleep, but it's, it's really weird. It's like a. I don't know. Sorry for all the pauses, guys, but it's been hard to articulate a lot of this stuff. But I have persistently, and this is when I I knew that the pain was getting really bad, (laughs) is that before I started seeing John, I was was YouTubing videos of people uh, taking off water from the knee. So basically what they do is they stick a syringe, very big needle. Um, I think, I think the, uh, gauge is like 18 gauge, which is big for a syringe and they pull all this fluid off of your knee. And in my mind, I had been thinking just like, I know there's a bunch of shit just around this knee. I know it. Like, I know there's just all this stuff around my knee. Like if I could just get it out, it's like, you know, popping a pimple, you know, like just let it, 
from, you know, of all this crap. And so I started fantasizing about it. Like, if only I could just get a huge syringe (laughs) and pull off, pull out all this liquid on my knee or just like, and I remember when I went to see an orthopedic doctor about it, they, they had told me that I had water on the knee and that I actually had a cyst behind my knee that was limiting my mobility and that they used to remove that stuff. And, and, but what they found is that it was such a temporary fix that they would just come right back because what it is, is, is your body kind of really sending all reinforcements to that area and keeping you from overexerting yourself. So, you know, the cyst is to keep me from bending and giving me pain to tell me to like, you know, you're going to have to stop doing some things. You're really going to have to stop doing some things, but starting to fantasize about sticking needles in my knee and doing crazy crap. Uh, so when I was on John's table, I was, I was thinking about that at first, like, oh, it'd be so nice just to suck all that liquid out of my knee. But then a thought occurred to me and it came out of nowhere and it was like, no, no. Uh, if you dream about sucking this liquid out of your knee, then what you are actually activating is a future where you will have liquid to suck out of your knee. Stop picturing that. Quit picturing that. You are indulging this this reality that you do not want. So stop. Stop indulging that. Start thinking about yourself doing things that you want to do again, like sit cross-legged, like doing a squat without feeling like I'm going to break, like sitting in child's pose, which is like one of my favorite yoga positions, child pose, but I can't do it right now, people. I can't. I can't sit on my knees. I can't kneel on my knees. And while I was at worship, last week. And when I was asking for prayers, I said, well, you know, I know that I, I deserve this. And my, you know, the, the lady that was giving me chiropractic suggestions, she's like, oh no. I said, no, I did. I hardened my heart. I wouldn't listen to anybody. I wouldn't bow or kneel to anyone or anything, not even the highest. I felt it was all on me. And and I now that I am ready to kneel, to ready to to serve and to worship and to you know, put myself before this, I can't like I can't. It hurts so much. And all I want to do is like be able to to be on my knees so that I can I can, I can pray and so that I can serve. And so I guess what I would ask from all of you is, um, you know, to, to let me know what you think of this. That would be great. I will accept just so you know, like if I'm not going to be seeking out any more interviews and people to interview, but if you seek me out, Um, I'll definitely have you on the show because I feel like that's a, you know, 
you're being called to it and I definitely want to like I want to serve you know and if this is a platform that I have created it is a platform that I've created where I can serve I can serve you I can I can put out I can put out messages and feelers I have a platform now to communicate to the world and I want to do that but I'm not going to seek people anymore because honestly it was an excuse in the beginning to do that Um, it allowed for the focus not to be on me and it allowed me to explore this podcast space and this medium and this concept uh that was safe and it was very necessary but it it's it's reached a point where I know who to go to and it's not found on this earth and I'm ready to stand as a point of authority and I'm ready to to be seen and to be judged and I'm hoping that I will have a testimony at the end of this that will be so miraculous. And if you keep listening, that you'll be able to go on it with me. And hopefully, maybe it'll unlock some greatness or something that will give more hope to somebody else. One more thing about serving. It breaks my heart I mean apart from all the other things that have broken my heart in this podcast but it really really breaks my heart today what's happening in all forms of service it's astounding just yesterday I went to Walmart and I know Walmart whatever but you know Walmart has its charm and it has its reason and I'm, you know, it was a place that was convenient for me to shop for the things that I needed. So I went and I had the ability to do a self-checkout, but I, 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 I really don't like self-checkout. I mean, I'm okay with it at this point just because I'm like, you know, whatever, especially in places where they have a full staff of people standing around, but there's no like human-powered lane to check out in. It's all self-checkout, and they're just standing there watching you do it. It's the most infuriating thing. I mean, you really don't have any choice. But I had a choice at Walmart, and so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not in a hurry, so let's have a human interaction. Like, this is, this is great, and I have time. Ladies and gentlemen, this was really, honestly, the most unbelievable test of my patience and will and everything. It's going to be horrible for me to grow older because if I'm already feeling this way now, it's not going to get better. Uh, I mean, I'm going to pray to God about it, but there is zero acknowledgement of me. The person working the cashier did not acknowledge me at all. She simply just started ringing up my items And more than that, stopped without even saying a word to go assist another cashier. Now, whilst that's fine to go assist another cashier, didn't even think to like say, oh, excuse me, honey, he needs me over there. I'll be right back. 
nothing, nothing. Not only that, but it was like the slowest checkout experience that I think I've ever had in my life. And barely an acknowledgement by the end. I think that she could kind of feel like my astonishment of the whole thing by the end. And she followed up with a, a thank you and handed me my receipt. But that was it. And I was just amazed. I was amazed in my heart. Oh, my heart. I was so sad because, you know, guys, here's the deal. I have worked jobs that were not my dream job. I've never worked for Walmart, but I have worked jobs that weren't the pinnacle of what I wanted to do. But when I did it, I did it well. I did it happily. And I did it to the best of my ability. Because in my mind, what it meant about me was that I was willing to learn and submit myself fully to that time and that experience and get the most out of it as humanly possible. And if I had to experience those things, which in all of these cases, the reasons why I was not pursuing or in the job that I wanted at the time was probably a lack of knowledge or access. I didn't have the qualifications to access it at that point. So I was stuck and I was stuck with a job that I needed to be in. The same thing with school. If I had to go to school, why not just figure out how to get the most out of this, right? But it's baffling to me that people spend their times and their days like this, where they don't take every opportunity to just be happy and experience the utmost of what you can experience with another human being and spread joy. It's crazy to me. I grew up in the service industry, folks. I love serving. And this is something that I heard from Dennis Prager because I've been listening to his masterclass series that he talks about, you know, what it is if we lose God in our society. And he has a specific section that is about happiness and how it is your duty to be happy. It is an obligation of yours. And I have to agree with him. Because in the service industry, that was something I was taught. You bench everything else, you go in, and you fake it until you make it. You put on a smile, and you, you make it be about doing a good job. Be present in the time that you are in fully, and meet that person, and be with that person, and hear that person. Do that. And you know what would happen? is that more often than not, the crap that I came into the day with wouldn't be that bad anymore because what would happen is I'd shift the paradigm. By my smiling and my happiness, despite however false it might have been at the time, it, it invoked, like I said about what I hope to be the, the testimony of this podcast in the future to come, like wildfire, it just changed the energy for everybody else. Everybody was happy and smiling by the time all was said and done, I had a great day. And there was more positive to take away than the initial crap that I started out with. 
So you owe it to yourself and you owe it to other people to be happy. And this is one last thing. And this kind of goes towards what Dennis Prager had said, but whoever says it, I don't, I, this whole like guilt by association thing. I mean, I hope, I hope people can just take away what serves them and leave the rest and forget about who said it first, because quite frankly, we're all human and we're all flawed. And this whole like, well, he said this and he did this and he's this and I, oh, it just is so, oh, again, hardening of hearts, robbing yourself of the opportunity to grow and learn. But anyway, this is what Dennis Prager said, and, and I really appreciated this. An advertisement for atheism is very rarely delivered by an atheist. The, big, the biggest and best advertisement for atheism is an unhappy follower of faith. Because what that shows people is that your faith isn't, isn't helping you. It isn't serving you and it isn't bringing a peace and, and, a, and a sense of comfort and, and courage to you that makes you happy and able to let things flow through you or at the very least let your heart get squeezed and not broken that's what you should exude is happiness and especially if you're a person of faith because if your faith can't give you the kind of peace of mind that in my mind it should then it isn't working and it certainly will not do anything for the faith itself all you're going to do is be a testimony of something that nobody wants to be a part of because they can see in your face that you're not happy. So be happy and be happy serving others. It's a very amazing place to be. And I don't care what you're doing. It's an awesome place to be. It's a very powerful place to be. And it's a place of immense, immense value. Do not, do not underscore that. Get some heart back, people. And, you know, start having some joy about your place in life. And give yourself the ability to, I don't know, just be light again. And with that, diary listeners, I will be saying... Lots of prayers for all of you, but as I close this, I want all of you to know the immense amount of love that I have for all of you. I am so grateful for all of you, but you know, for the people that have been with me since day one, I mean, I hope you know what kind of I don't, just amazing people you are to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for following this podcast this far and my hopes are is that we all get to move forward into a much brighter much happier much more amazing future and we all have testimony testimonies and stories to tell of what we were doing when so thank you diary listeners and have a great week god bless
Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.